three, two, one. Welcome back to the Cornelius Reads the Gospel podcast. Today is December twenty eighth, twenty twenty two. If you've been following along, you know that there, uh, there's been a bit of a hiatus on this podcast, but I've come back to record the last uh, canonical entry in this podcast in terms of the story of the gospel. Originally, after I finished reading the Synoptic Gospel. Um, or the story contained in the Synoptic Gospel, starting with the Gospel of Luke, which uh, I found to be the most w- well-researched, and kind of I uh, uh, just following the narrative, historical narrative of Jesus through the S- Synoptic Gospel. Sometimes Matthew, towards the end, focusing many on the stories and chapters contained in John, going chapter by chapter. Um, after I finished that story, I took a break i was going to come back and read acts but honestly after i read the first few chapters of acts just myself privately kind of realized uh it's not, not something i wanted to do if you would like to read acts and continue reading the new testament i highly encourage it um on another podcast i might actually or maybe even this one i might come back to read books from the old testament but acts in particular i just wasn't uh when you're reading about Jesus, uh, and then obviously the story after Jesus is good too. It's interesting as it, you know, it uh, it's relevant to us as Christians or people that want to follow Jesus. How they started the church, the day of Pentecost, Pentecost Peter, you know, replacing Judas as one of the twelve disciples, and how they set out to spread the message. Um, I think that's that story is powerful also, but for new listeners and this podcast is targeted towards new listeners or people that want to get to know Jesus, I think honestly the synoptic gospel is a pretty good starting place. Um the reason why actually um uh comes from a story that I want to tell today. Uh, I think it's the story behind my name, Cornelius, and it's the story it's a singular story of Peter after the resurrection he receives word to visit a gentile's house so as you know peter is a jewish man uh this man cornelius is not of the jewish faith but people hold him in well regard and he receives a vision to go visit this man so basically this story is the proliferation of the gospel to other people basically Basically, the message is you don't have to be Jewish to be of God or follow God or to follow Jesus. And um, I think that's an important uh, message. I think it's true to the message Jesus taught even in his ministry, living ministry on earth um, before and after the resurrection. But certainly after also, as if you've been following along with this podcast, you know that when Jesus began his ministry. He had many conflicts with Pharisees and religious scholars of the day who told him he had to abide by certain rules. Don't work on the Sabbath. Uh, don't hang out with prostitutes and thieves and etc. These religious people wanted him to just uh, associate only with a certain type of people that they deemed okay. And in the world today, you still see these types of people um a lot of them are christians also a lot of us as christians is we spread the message uh 
there's often the risk we run of putting too much of a burden on new believers you have to read this and have to read that and read all this you know i, I made this podcast just reading the gospel out loud for myself but also for people that may may like audio entries better um but also just so people can have an understanding of who jesus was and what he stood for on earth the stories he taught the things his teachings and how they contrasted with religious people of the day virtue signalers of the day today just to bring things up to speed um there's, there's a lot going on in the world the war in ukraine um a lot of social strife fbi propaganda elon bought twitter and re- revealed uh a lot of corruption and big tech and uh, collusion between that the story has been when trump was office collusion between russia and trump's administration but it turns out it was actually uh, our american intelligence agencies and big tech so a lot of corruptions abound, a lot of hypocrisies abound. I've been on Twitter recently uh, as myself, Rumble Capital, and uh, my client, the legendary artist, is also there. You can follow him at Push for Gorilla. And um, just a lot of hypocrisy from people who make arguments one way. They say this is okay for them, but not for other people and vice versa. And what they're actually missing is moral clarity that can only come from someone like Jesus. And um, Jesus says he's the only way, and I can't think of a better way. Uh, Kanye West was canceled, canceled, banned off Twitter, banned off social media. I think he was scrubbed off the internet essentially for saying that he loved Jewish people and he loved Nazis. And for some reason, people find that to be controversial, but I'm pretty sure that's what America is built on. America is built on uh, allowing people to have different beliefs so long as it's peaceful but we're at a point in time where if you say you love you can't publicly love certain people because then you get canceled but obviously that opens a huge can of worms and hypocrisy because some people are okay to love and some people aren't okay to love and who's deciding that obviously it's coming from media it's peak hypocrisy jesus taught for people to love their neighbors and to love their enemies especially love your enemies and in this world that's what we need if we want to stop war if we want peace you have to have love for your neighbors and you have to have love for your enemies there's a lot of hatred of people on twitter people hate people that think differently if you're a liberal i hate you if you're a conservative i hate you but it's like um doesn't really make sense it doesn't make sense in our day-to-day lives it doesn't make sense uh in any context you know peace is the thing we should be striving for freedom of thought freedom of speech freedom of religion most certainly are principles that this nation is founded upon and uh, those are the things that we have to promote and those are those are the ideals that we have to protect so this story today that i'm actually going to read is one of my favorite stories because it involves my name cornelius and uh i think it's also very relevant to not only just how how 
if you want to hear it, if you're open-minded to hearing it, if you're willing to accept it, like Cornelius was, um, just how easy the gospel is for people to get. I've actually been reading the Bible with girls I'm seeing or dating and uh, girls with different faiths, Muslim girls or atheist girls. And, you know, we'd be smoking, smoking weed and, you know, <laughs> you know, being in sin. I'm a sinner for sure. And um, instead of doing Netflix and chill, sometimes we do Bible and chill, just talking shit. Excuse my French. And uh, it's it always amazes me how quickly people that have never read the gospel, how intuitively they just take it in the story of the Good Samaritan is a beautiful story. And, you know, they made entire movies just off of that one story. The story of the prodigal son is a beautiful story. And they've made entire movies off of that one story. Um, I could go on and on. Uh, the story of the crooked servant. Uh, a lot of the stories, the story of the tale of the adulterous woman. These, these parables are some of the greatest, you know, pedantic stories. Uh, teaching teaching stories i mean uh of all time and they've been promoted all throughout our pop culture and they resonate with people of all faiths all creeds all colors all shapes all sizes all genders all sexual orientations all nationalities all that if there were aliens the aliens would probably dig it too because it just resonates so just like I've done on uh, previous entries, what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn to where the story begins. And keep in mind, I'm reading out of the Eugene Patterson translation of the Bible called The Message. It's in plain English, which makes it very simple. You don't have to read the King's English and all that crap. You can just read it simple. So a lot of people care about what translation and does it have to be international version or King James version. But truthfully... It's the story that matters most. It's just simple reading comprehension. What are the takeaways? Why is this important? Why did this happen? If you want to get more into the theological, you can dive deeper. There's always more for you to read. But this story in particular illustrates just how easy it is for for people to um for people to understand and get the word so let me just read it then i'll talk about it this is in acts chapter 10 there was a man named cornelius who lived in caesarea caesarea a captain of the italian guard stationed there he was a thoroughly good man he had led everyone in his house to live worshipfully before god was always helping people in need and had the habit of prayer one day, about three o'clock in the afternoon, he had a vision. An angel of God, as real as his next-door neighbor, came in and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared hard, wondering if he was seeing things. Then he said, What do you want, sir? The angel said, Your prayers and neighborly acts have brought you to God's attention. Here's what you are to do. Send men to Joppa to get Simon, the one everyone calls Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is down by the sea. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two servants and one particularly devout servant, soldier from the guard. He went over with them in great detail everything that had just happened and sent them off to Joppa. The next day, as the three travelers were approaching the town, 
Peter went out on the balcony to pray. It was about noon. Peter got hungry and started thinking about lunch. While lunch was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the skies open up. Something that looked like a huge blanket, lowered by ropes at its four corners, settled on the ground. Every kind of animal and reptile and bird you can think of was on it. Then a voice came. Go to it, Peter. Kill and eat. Peter said, Oh no, Lord. I've never so much as tasted food that was not kosher. The voice came a second time. If God says it's okay, it's okay. This happened three times, and then the blanket was pulled back up into the skies. As Peter, puzzled, sat there trying to figure out what it all meant, the men sent by Cornelius showed up at Simon's front door. They called in asking if there was a Simon, also called Peter, staying there. Peter, lost in thought, didn't hear them, so the spirit whispered to him, Three men are knocking at the door looking for you. Get down there and go with them. Don't ask any questions. I sent them to get you. Peter went down and said to the men, I think I'm the man you're looking for. What's up? They say Captain Cornelius, a God-fearing man, well known for his fair play, ask any Jew in this part of the country, was commanded by a holy angel to get you and bring you to his house so he could hear what you had to say. Peter invited them in and made them feel at home. The next morning, he got up and went with them. Some of his friends from Joppa went along. A day later, actually let me pause for a sec. So basically what happened, there's this captain, Cornelius, solid dude. He, uh, he's a good member of the community, worships God, helps people in need, has a habit of prayer. And an angel shows up to him and says, hey, I want you to go get this guy named Peter. So he sends some men out to get Peter. Meanwhile, Peter is, ha- is chilling on his house. He's hungry. He's, you know, I don't know what Peter's doing. He's, he's just trying to get some food. Maybe some food smells good. Maybe he's smelling some barbecue and he takes a nap and he has a vision. Basically, he's like, man, I just want to eat it. I want to eat a bird. You know, I want to eat a reptile. I mean, this is the vision he's getting. So it says uh, something Lord, a huge blanket with every kind of animal was on it. Have you ever like, I'm not sure if this is going to relate to anyone, but it's almost like, have you ever seen a penguin and been like, damn, I wish I could eat a penguin. Well, you know, I think Peter's having that type of moment. He's like, damn, I could eat a whole walrus right now. And obviously, we don't we don't really eat walruses, especially in America. And we, we don't eat penguins because penguins need to. We love penguins more because uh, they're cute. But, uh, you know, it's a penguin and uh, it's a bird. Birds taste pretty good. So Peter's like, all right, man, all this... Uh, all these animals and uh normally I, i'm as a jewish person peter only ate kosher things so for him to depart from that would be kind of akin to like almost jesus like working on the sabbath you know there's this there's a story of jesus and the disciples walking through fields like picking grain and the pharisees are like why are you doing this the sabbath and jesus like dude chill we're hungry um so anyway picking on so these men that Cornelius has invited to, has reached out to Peter. Peter invites the men, you know, gives them the good Samaritan treatment, good hospitality. So the next morning, Peter wakes up and he departs from his house with them. 
some of his friends from Joppa went along. So Peter and his whole crew is going down to Caesarea where Cornelius is there. Cornelius was expecting them and had his relatives and close friends waiting with him. The minute Peter came through the door, Cornelius was up on his feet greeting him and then down on his face worshiping him. So Cornelius tries to worship Peter. He thinks Peter's the Pope, which he is considered in the Catholic faith. But Peter picks him up and says, hey, man, don't do that. I'm just a dude just like you. Talking things over, they went into the house where Cornelius introduced Peter to everyone who'd come. Peter addressed them. You know, I'm sure that this is highly irregular. Jews just don't do this, visit and relax with people of another race. But God has just shown me that no race is better than any other. So the minute I was sent for, I came, no questions asked. But now I'd like to know why you sent for me. Cornelius said, four days ago, at about this time afternoon, I was at home praying. Suddenly, there was a man in front of me, flooding the room with light. He said, Cornelius, your daily prayers and neighborly acts have brought you to God's attention. I want you to send to Joppa to get Simon, the one they call Peter. He's staying with Simon the Tanner down by the sea. And so I did, and I got you. I came. I sent my men to go reach out to you. And you actually came, and now we're all here in God's presence, ready to hear whatever uh, the master put in your heart to tell us. Peter got excited when he heard this. It's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. And this is very important, especially in today's time. God plays no favorites. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. The message he sent to the children of Israel, that through Jesus Christ, everything is being put together again. Well, he's doing it everywhere among everyone. You know the story of what happened in Judea. It began in Galilee after John preached a total life change. So Peter is now is doing the synopsis of the whole story that, that we've read up to this point. Then Jesus arrived from Nazareth, anointed by God with the Holy Spirit, ready for action. He went through the country helping people and healing everyone who was beaten down by the devil. He was able to do all this because God was with him. And he saw it, saw it all, everything he did in the land of the Jews and the and in Jerusalem where they killed him, hung him from a cross. But in three days, God had him up alive and out where he could be seen. Not everyone saw him. He wasn't put on public display. Witnesses had been carefully picked, handpicked by God uh, beforehand, us. We were the ones there to eat and drink with him after he came back from the dead. He commissioned us to announce this in public to bear solemn witness that he is, in fact, the one whom God destined as the judge of the living and the dead. But we're not alone in this. Our witness that he, our witness that he is the means to forgiveness of sins is backed up by the witness of all the prophets. No sooner were these words out of Peter's mouth than the Holy Spirit came on the listeners. Just like that. The believing Jews who had come with Peter could not believe it. They couldn't believe that the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured on outsider, non-Jews. But there it was. They heard them speaking in tongues, heard them praising God. Then Peter said, do I hear any objections to baptizing these friends with water? They received the Holy Spirit exactly as we did. Hearing no object objections, 
he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay on for a few days. So imagine that. So the what the reason this story is powerful and the reason I'm ending this part this podcast with it is because um I've actually been doing Airbnb for the past couple of years and uh that means I get guests from all over. I get guests I've had guests from Russia, I've had guests from China, I've had guests from Germany, I've had guests from France, I've had guests from Italy, I've had guests from Mexico, I've had guests from Texas, I've had guests from California. And what's interesting, you know, I just want to also say that uh <clears throat> not bragging or anything but uh, i'm a super host or whatever actually maybe i should cut this part out but uh having met so many people from all over the world what becomes apparent is most people are more similar than what you think they are people can have all different types of political differences or they can have social differences in class and status. Some people go to Ivy League schools. Some people go to community colleges. But if at the heart of it, you know, people are people. And most people are good. Most people want to be good and aspire to be good. And um, this story resonates, resonates for me also uh, in today's culture where it's kind of commonplace for... Um, there's this idea some people are good people and some people are bad people. I think that's one of the greatest myths in modern culture. So, you know, the Samaritan, all the Samaritans are evil. All of the Republicans are evil. All the Democrats are Democrats. It's so stupid. Um, because people of all over hear this message and they respond if they're willing to accept it. If they If they open their hearts to it. It's pretty simple. So Peter walks into Cornelius' house, a house filled with people that are not Jews. They've never read the Old Testament. They don't know anything about Moses, I don't think. They don't know anything about Elijah or Isaiah. And uh, I've actually talked to people on Twitter that's like, oh, and you, to understand the gospel, you need to read the Tanakh or you need to read the whole Old Testament and all that. But uh, like, that's so hip. I mean, I, I get that they're trying to like, gloat and show off that's all the things they've read and i don't doubt that reading the old testament or other books can help amplify and enrich your understanding of the gospel but the greatest spokesperson to the gospel was jesus christ and um the people that knew him best were were people like peter and john and the fact is peter walks into this room and as he's just spitting out the story that we've discussed over the past 24 chapters reading chapter by chapter he he's uh summarizes it you know and tells them hey i saw this guy jesus he came told these stories it was great preached on the mountain uh talked about the ten commandments and they crucified him for saying that he was the son of god and then he came back from the dead after they mocked at him and laughed at him and i denied him and he forgave me because that's what he preached he tells them this story and everyone in the room is so moved by it that they say, hey, look, we want to we want to be a part of this. They're speaking in tongues. So this section speaking in tongues, you know, in my house as a super host, I've had people speak in tongues. I've had people take phone calls in Russian. I've had people take phone calls in French, Spanish, Italian, 
uh, German. One of my shout out to my guy Safine, if you listen to this, from Germany. Um, I, I've had people from all over speaking in tongues. You can praise God in every language. You don't have to be Jewish. You you don't have to be American. You don't have to be Canadian or Mexican. You don't have to be from Israel. You don't have to be from Palestine. What this story illustrates is that all of us have access to God. And Peter's own words, he says, there are no favorites. There is no such thing as a chosen group. And in today's culture, maybe some people might say that that's anti-Semitic. But keep in mind, it was the good Samaritan someone that would be considered an anti-semite that stopped to save the man on the side of the road so as as a group of people if we um if we hate each other if we keep using all these labels you're a nazi and you're this and that if we reduce ourselves to that we're missing out on something profound here the, the idea of the good samaritan being that your neighbor your best neighbor might be the person that you hate for superficial reasons and we just shouldn't do that so this is this is the story of uh, cornelius in the new testament i think honestly it encaptures everything that you need to know about the church after jesus obviously there's more to it timothy and titus and there's more books to the old testament paul um but and in simple terms, if you know the story of Jesus, if you're willing to read it for yourself as if it's a Harry Potter book, and it's more exciting than Harry Potter, if you're willing to read it for yourself like Fifty Shades of Grey, some of y'all are freaky, y'all like that, well, it's, it's more exciting than Fifty Shades of Grey. It's more exciting than, uh, I love Captain America and Spider-Man. Uh, the story of the gospel is more exciting than these. If you're willing to read these, if you're willing to understand who the Good Samaritan is, um, the Good Samaritan is, and I'll just restate that again, Jewish man on the side of the road, and uh, he needs help. His car has crashed. He has no internet. His Wi-Fi is down. And all these people drive by him. The preacher drives by him. The rabbi drives by him. The Muslim sheik drives by him. This is a Jewish man. And the guy that pulls up, he has a Nazi flag on his car. He has is waving, or for some people, they would say a Donald Trump flag. That that's what some people equate it to falsely, I think. But um, and he stops. He helps you change the tires if you're sick. He checks you into a hotel, and um, that's that's the type of communion and fellowship that we need more in the world today. So. I'm glad you guys have, uh, if to anyone listening, thank you, thank you for listening to this. Um, like I said at the start, this is just me reading the gospel. I'm not a theolo- theologian, theologian. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a minister. I wanted to read this gospel just for myself, but also for anyone that, that may prefer listening to it, anyone that may prefer modernizing it. Let me do it one more for the Good Samaritan. You are a Republican. You you hate. You think Democrats are the devil. Whatever. You got the Trump flag waving on your car, and boom, you get into a car crash. You're on the side of the road. Well, maybe the person that stops to help you has a Biden flag on his car or an Obama flag. 
Let's keep that in mind. Maybe your car crashes. You have a Trump flag on your car. All your fellow Trump supporters pass by without helping you. They're going to the Trump rally. They want to see Trump speak, so they don't. They don't take time to stop and help you. But maybe a guy who is not going to the Trump rally stops by and he helps get you on uh, OnStar. He helps take you to the hospital. Maybe you're a feminist. Maybe you hate men. Maybe you think all men are rapists or evil or whatever. You get into a car crash. And, uh, you know, you have the glory all red, all red sticker on your car. Or you have the rainbow sticker on your car. And you're, you're under a lot of weight. The car is flipped over. Maybe it's a bunch of uh, graduates from Andrew Tate's Hustler University that stopped the car, stopped their Bugattis. Andrew Tate gets out of his Bugatti. He flips the car over, and uh, him and his brother and the people from Hustle University, and they check you into a hospital. So love your enemies. We, I think that's the big message from one of the big messages from the gospel. Love the love your neighbor. Love the enemies. Enemies. Excuse me. Love your neighbors. Love your enemies. Um, love God first and foremost. And um, if you want to get to know God, no one teaches it better than Jesus Christ. I, re- I recommend this Bible, the Eugene Patterson translation in plain English. Um, thanks for reading along. Uh, if you want to hear any other of the products I'm working on, check out Push for Gorilla. Uh, it's one of my clients, the legendary artist. Um, and uh, you might enjoy that also. So thanks again.